Welcome to Remain. We're Arn and Trina. This one is for the weary, those still in the middle of their story of marriage, ministry, or chronic illness. This is a call to remain. Today was a lovely day. Good weather, right? It was actually. It was about, I think, 73, a balmy 73 in midwinter. That sounds really terrible to say in light of what's going on in half like of America Midwest. right now. It's um, just freezing. We don't know what snow is. Like, we hardly see rain. But today was a good day. Like, good weather, blue sky. And yet, and yet you're cold. I'm cold. Which again sounds even more terrible to say but um yes i'm sitting here currently with like two jackets um layered indoors and like thick like snow jackets and i'm wearing my actual snow boots <laughs> and you're holding hot tea and i'm holding hot tea um yeah i have temperature regulation body temperature regulation issues that is for sure but all jokes aside, it has been pretty heartbreaking to hear what's going on in um, parts of the country, especially in Texas. And so that has been very odd this week. Um, and we hurt with all those people who have really been affected by that. Yeah, yeah. Um, today, we actually went on a little date because we missed Valentine's Day. So... It was a kind of it was a good day for us. It was mm-hmm. just it was a good change. Um, it was a bit slow, kind of relaxing. From the boys, some good food. We love the boys. Coffee. But sometimes we need a break. Yes, good coffee. We went to Frozen a place yogurt. that was new called Coffee and Plants. It's not new. It's new for us. No, it is new. I'm I think we're just. <laughs> it opened quarantined. during the pandemic, so it's new. Um, and it was literally like it was a coffee shop that had like it was all pink and it had like cute little plants and fake plants and succulents and all sorts of stuff everywhere and so i was like okay like this is a great concept but it's so gimmicky that i told Aaron the coffee is going to be terrible um and i was pleasantly surprised and wrong they actually had great coffee they knew what they were doing it was not just this cute little gimmick so yes coffee and plants if you're interested you can let me know i'll point you in the right direction well speaking of coffee and plants you know where i'm going with this the topic is lament you see how i bridged yeah, that that was a no? great transition was, okay. great transition the topic is a heavy topic um we are going to do this topic in two parts so mm-hmm. this week is part one um on lament and one of the reasons that we're doing it split up like this i mean it is a very big topic um, but one of the reasons we're splitting it up is we would actually love to hear from you. If you listen to our podcast um, weekly or whenever, and if you hear this episode before next week, um, if lament is something that you struggle with or that you have questions about, um, if you're like, what is lament? Don't worry, we will get there. But um, if that's something that you kind of want to have a conversation about, we would love to talk with you. We would love to connect with you. Um hear what you have to say, and maybe even address some things that listeners bring up in the um, part two of this series. So um, in case you haven't heard, we actually have a finally, finally, it's still like it's not up to looking how it should be, but um, we have a page on Instagram, an account on Instagram, 
and we have made an account on Twitter. So um, if you want to follow those, you can kind of get a little bit of a heads up what the episodes are going to be mm-hmm. on. We are going to slowly start posting more. We need to um, put up a new logo and all sorts of stuff. But those things are all slowly in the works. But just a heads up, if you follow those accounts, they will keep you connected and you can message us through those with you know, any kind of question or... Sure. Um, to connect we would honestly like we're doing this and Aaron said a number of times we feel like we're talking to an empty room but I know there have been people out there that this has connected with and that is all God's doing um, just this week somebody texted me that she heard the episode uh, one and two so she started listening for the first time and she just wrote to say that the exact kind of words that we said were like what she was like wrestling with and struggling with. And so that's what we're praying about this podcast, Mm -hmm. that it would connect with people who are hurting. And there are so many people who are hurting right now, um, which completely makes sense. Now, uh, tonight's topic is on lament. um, Or as I remember some months ago, a student of mine was doing a project on this and referred to it as laminate. as if the topic is laminate. And I, I just, it's a heavy, sad topic, but I was just laughing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> lament. I'm sorry, and, I thought, didn't uh, you correct them and they still said laminate? I, that I don't remember now. <laughs> now, um, this is a big topic, and, and specifically we're covering this in two parts because of a book that I'm reading. And so there's a lot to say um, about it, and maybe one day we'll talk more about maybe laments that we've written uh, we'd like to do some episodes about the Psalms of Lament. Maybe we'll go through some Psalms. Like we have some favorites as well. But today, um, more of the content of it is going to come from a, a book that we're considering. And I think, I think over the last you know ten years, we've had our own you know a good share of uh, times and days and seasons of lament. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm honestly, I'm pretty tired of lament in some ways. And then. Yet, when we were getting ready for this episode, um, I started wondering if I've really been lamenting, if it's lamenting that I'm tired of or if it's something else. So, mm. um, yes, lament. Do you want to kind of maybe define what lament is? Well, before I get there, I want to say what it's not. Okay. So let's kind of do away with maybe weird or wrong ideas, and then we can kind of try to define it a little bit and then talk about why it is, it is a good thing. It is a helpful thing. So three D's uh, for you, uh, for those who enjoy alliteration. Uh, number one is it's not, you know, denial. This is not about denial of suffering. You know, sometimes people deny suffering and they say, I'm okay. Or they say, you know, praise God or God is good, which he is. But the way they say it, their tone or their demeanor, it sounds like um, these are quick band-aid type answers not allowing themselves to feel and to struggle and to question. I think more than that, it almost sounds like those are the answers regardless of what on earth is going on in their life. So even in the midst of like someone going through like crazy pain, um, like the loss of a loved one, um, or I don't know, some other tragic Some significant loss of any kind. Or grief, um, kind of almost like minimizing that or just saying it's okay because god is good like it's um it's denial so and i think part of the issue there is that 
there are people watching that person and listening to that person. So, so if I were to hear a person who lives with that kind of attitude, who quickly, completely, and only says things like, praise God, or God is good, in the midst of suffering, I will not be able to learn how to process suffering from their story. And then I will feel, honestly, all the more guilty that why am I not giving such, giving such answers? So that's something I think we need to be just be mindful of. Uh, number two, another D um, to avoid is distraction. Uh, distraction can really keep you, hold you away, push you aside from anything about lament that we'll be talking about. Any distractions come to mind? Yes. So this probably is the biggest D that I struggle with at the moment. <laughs> um, distraction, like uh netflix or being like on my phone um recently especially kind of not even on like social media really just scrolling through um by nothing <laughs> which is terrible um just anything that is kind of almost things that are mindlessly wasting your time mm -hmm. things that you're doing so that you don't have to think about the sure. pain so that you can almost numb out the pain um those can really be distractions um they're not you know kind of like a good hobby that's good for your soul that's not a distraction but distractions are more like the mindless things it keeps you from thinking i mean i remember a number of times when we would have um you know by the time the evening came and we're very kind of tired emotionally spiritually physically and we start talking about a heavy issue that we need to work through and then within moments, we say, okay, forget it. Just put on the Great British Baking Show. Now, the Great British Baking Show is a great British <laughs> baking show. Uh, we've seen several seasons so far over the last few years. One of the best, one of our favorite TV shows, yeah. I think, in the last it's, few it's years. It's very soothing. It's, it's a great very distraction. Calming. Good background music, too. <laughs> it's, it's really a yeah. good show. Aaron is going to download the um, intro music to that as his, as his phone um incoming call okay, i made that comment once but my, my my point is after a long day we're about to talk we're about to wrestle with god's sovereignty and goodness and what feels to be his absence right and it, it within seconds we're flipping right our attention and we're focusing on the tv show which in this case is not a bad thing but it's preventing us from really learning and from growing um, I would say another D that maybe I struggle with um, more is despair, right? We have denial, we have distraction, we have despair. And in our lower moments, we in our low points, we feel like damaged goods. We feel that God has left us. Uh, we feel that all suffering is a waste. And so we see this season of sorrow as a complete dead end rather than a tunnel that we need to walk through. And so um, it could be early in the morning. It, it could be at 3 a.m. Uh, it could be just after a, you know, a hard conversation with someone. It, it could be after some really troubling news. Whatever, whenever it might be, we're tempted. We're very vulnerable with to be assaulted with these thoughts that we're damaged goods or God has left us. All suffering is a waste and there's no way out. And they become very hard and very uh, heavy and very difficult to face. Um, but there's something better here. Uh, 
Lament is better. Um, the, the book that I was referencing earlier is called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. And I found out that the title comes from Cooper's hymn that actually we talked, we talked about, about uh, a couple mm -hmm. episodes ago. So the pastor here, um, Mark Rogop, has been through a season of considerable suffering. And so he is sharing from his story in this book. He is also including um, some content that came from his sermons through the book of Lamentations, which we're not going to talk about today. But so he, he defines lament. He talks about it. He explains why it's good. It's helpful. It's healthy. And then and then he teaches through the book of Lamentations. But a, a few things as far as what it is and why this is good for us. Mm -hmm. And before we say that, just to um, Aaron was just saying how lament is better. Lament is better than all those three D's that we pointed out. But lament might not especially in the short term feel better mm, so i just really want to emphasize that lament can be excruciating and we'll kind of like um go into that a bit more so but lament is better the other thing about lament so lament is um this kind of posture of like um crying out uh before god it's um it's almost like the the cry of the heart that's in pain um, and it's usually very personal. Like it's not something you might easily share with other people, but you can share like that depth of your heart, the depth of your pain with God. Um, and it's often like lament can be seen as this, almost this, I see it as this kind of emptying out um, of the stored up pain and the hurt, like almost bringing it to God and like, like pouring that out before him, pouring out the pain before him, pouring out the heartache before him. Um, I think the author that um, Aaron was going to talk about had a couple of other ways of defining it. Maybe you can share those. Um, yeah, he, he says um, in the intro and the first par in the first chapter, he says that lament can be defined as a loud cry, a howl, or a passionate expression of grief. So these are words of agony. I mean, think about uh, the lament, the cry of Jesus on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Mm. And if you've studied this, you know that he's referencing Psalm 22. Um, and at the time, they would have memorized the whole psalm. So it's almost like when Jesus says that one line, he's pointing the attention of those listening to the entire psalm. And if you study that psalm, you'll realize that, you know, what? David didn't go through any kind of suffering that Psalm 22 really talks about. But it's more prophetic to what Jesus is going through. And so Jesus, it seems, kind of uh, fulfills um, our lament. He kind of takes over. He completes our lament um, completely. Uh, he, he, he finishes it. He swallows up our lament. Um, the, the author used the, the illustration of a minor key. It, it is... Um, he said, I discovered a minor key for my suffering, which was lament. Now, uh, minor key, you know, for those who are not musicians, if you go to the piano and play the C chord, C, E, G, that's a major key. But the E, if I lower it by one half notes to an E flat, not only is that a minor key, it sounds very sad. There's a number of songs even armenian songs are usually in the minor key there's yeah, something very depressing. kind of depressing or kind of sad about it 
So this is this is a sad song from the heart. And again, we're not comfortable with this. We smile in church. We talk about joy. And is it safe to say that most of our worship songs are happier songs? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Do, do we not see a lack of songs of lament in the church setting? And so kind of to go back to what I was saying, how lament doesn't feel better necessarily at all. It usually feels worse, especially at the beginning, is this idea that lament is exhausting. Like lament is tiring. Very exhausting. Um, especially if you are in a season where you are already tired, where you are already exhausted, where things are hard. This feels just like too much sometimes. Um, it reminds me of like a treadmill stress test. Um, a treadmill stress test. Yeah. Look at us. These are funny illustrations we come up with. <laughs> no, but really, I think because when we were talking about this, I remembered my stress test at the hospital. And it was not a treadmill stress test because I was so sick at this point. This was one of the worst experiences well, I a, went what through. What is it? It's a treadmill stress test. What yeah. do they do? What are you they doing? You run here? on the treadmill while they are monitoring your okay. heart to see like, you know, how it's beating, how it's pumping, how it's working throughout the whole test. Like, how does your heart handle being under pressure, being under the pump? Good. Uh Um, Okay. And so I had severe exercise intolerance. No joke. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even do like a tiny jog. Basically walking up the block and back was enough to completely exhaust me. So I remember. Yeah, it was horrific. So I remember telling the doctors, I cannot do a, a treadmill stress test. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. We have another option. We have something we do for people like you who are too weak or too sick or all that stuff. And I was like, what are you going to do? They're like, we're just going to induce the stress test. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, we're just going to inject you um, with something in your vein. Like it's a a strong drug. And this drug will just basically do what the, like it'll do the same thing that the stress test is doing to your heart. So as if within seconds, it's as if your body is running, but you're just. I'm sorry, I don't understand. And they're like, yeah, it'll just make your heart like race like crazy. All of a sudden. But you'll be completely fine. I was like, this doesn't sound like I'll be fine with how bad my symptoms are. They're like, no, no, you'll be fine. And so it was the most one of and i i honestly did go through a lot those years but this memory has like stayed with me as one of the worst experiences like i would never ever let someone do this to me again i would do the treadmill stress test even if i couldn't walk yeah (laughs) i would do this treadmill stress test and so all i remember is this horrific feeling like right after they injected this thing in my vein um that honestly felt like i was dying and at the same time felt like I actually lost my hearing. Like it honestly felt like both my ears stopped hearing, like all the noise drained out around me and all I could hear was my heart. And they moved you to a small As it was frantically because you weren't handling it. And I remember you lay down and and you were falling apart. You you, you were so shaking, you were crying. I was I was completely kind of clueless as, as to what they did. Um, it was really bad, and then they're like, at the, and then they kept saying, "Oh, it wasn't our fault. We had no idea yeah. you were gonna have a reaction like that. That's so rare that like that happened to you." And I was like, "But I was trying to tell you, anyway." And so I feel like when we were talking about lament, it sometimes it just feels like it's, that. Like it feels 
harrowing like that. It feels like you're at like this end of yourself in a way. Like you're so exhausted and you're just pouring this grief out and it, it um, it's overwhelming sometimes. Um, so why is lament better? Why well, is it? Well, I think it's exhausting among other things because it requires so much faith. Lament is not the absence of faith. It includes a lot of faith and it takes time, right? Trying to process suffering is not something we can do quickly. We, we can't quickly download the answer. We can't quickly jump ahead to the next level of faith. We can't rush through this. So trying to process and pour out our hearts, cry out to God, like we see in over a th third of the Psalms, it takes a lot of faith. So here are just a couple quotes that we wanted to read yeah, from the book from and the just book. kind of give you some kind of reflections on it. And then we had, um, I, I, I found a song with the lyrics I wanted to read later. So th this is what the, the, the author says. Lament is how you live between the poles of a hard life and trusting in God's sovereignty. Okay, you're living in between. There's a hard life on the one hand and trusting in God's sovereignty. He continues, lament is how we bring our sorrow to God. He says, lament is how Christians grieve. A broken world and an increasingly hostile culture make contemporary Christianity unbalanced and limited in the hope we offer if we neglect this minor key song. So if we neglect the minor key song, if we neglect lament. lament, then our understanding of Christianity will be unbalanced and we will not have enough hope to offer people. We're missing something, he says, when we when we take lament lightly. He says Christianity suffers when lament is missing. What do you think about that? Christianity mm -hmm. suffers when lament is missing. I think lament is sometimes a bridge between um, a Christian and a non-Christian. Hmm. It can be like a point where a non-Christian and a Christian can meet and kind of agree. Like that pain, the suffering, the brokenness of the world um, can really be somewhere where you can connect with a non-Christian and you can understand each other. Mm -hmm. Like you can enter into each other's pain and um, lament can almost be like uh, a segue to share yeah, the gospel, um, to share the gospel, but to share the gospel in truth, mm -hmm. um, not not in this bright, happy way, but maybe in this like uh, broken, sad way, like maybe in a way that that person really needs um, and for them to see that. Christianity is not this happy, yuppy, like everything is great, like faith, but it's actually about a real God, um, mm. a Jesus who descends into the chaos of our world and who comes and like hangs on a tree um, to enter into our suffering with us, to enter into our pain with us and to make a way out of it for us. Um, so maybe Very true. it is what the world needs. He continues in chapter one and, and in the first few chapters, he's actually teaching through certain psalms of lament. So Psalm 10, uh, 13, 77. So, so in chapter one, here's another quote. He says, lament is the honest cry of a hurting heart. Okay, honest cry of hurting heart wrestling with the paradox of pain 
and the promise of God's goodness. And we saw that in the previous quote, right? There, there's suffering, there's hardship, and there's God who is sovereign on the other hand. So the paradox of pain and the promise. He says, belief in God's mercy, redemption, and suffering create Sorry, lament. So sovereignty. So what did I say? Suffering. Suffering. No, sovereignty. God. So believing in God's mercy, his redemption, and, and that he is sovereign, he's in control, this is what enables us to lament. We, we lament, right, biblically because we have faith. He says, without hope in God's deliverance and the conviction that he is all-powerful, there would be no reason to lament when pain invaded our lives. And now he says our lives like he's talking about his story, right? So, so if we didn't have hope in this kind of a God, this big God theology, what, why and how would we lament? Mm -hmm. He says, therefore, lament is rooted in what we believe. It is prayer loaded with theology. Therefore, lament stands in the gap between pain and promise. He says, to cry is human, but to lament is Christian. Th that is why um, my personal thought when he talks about prayer being loaded with theology, I have found significant comfort reading heavier books on theology to help me in my lament. Mm -hmm. Now, quick story. This is um, maybe 2013, 2014, when things were really bad. We're sitting at Jones Coffee in Pasadena, and I had picked up a book, um, something about end times, the Bible and the future, I think. His chapter on the kingdom of God, I've taken notes, I've taught through parts of it, just his chapter, the author's chapter on the kingdom of God, just deep, rich theology, has been one of the things that has nourished me spiritually the most when it comes to reading and teaching from our season of suffering. That kind of theology, the Anthony Hokema, oh, yeah. Bible and the Future, his teaching on the kingdom of God helped me to be able to have a different perspective, to pray differently, to, to believe better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we are sharing just some of the quotes from this book that really stood out to us, especially to Aaron. Um, so it takes, he says this, it takes faith to pray a lament. To pray in pain, even with its messy struggle and tough questions, is an act of faith where we open up our hearts to God. And then this part, prayerful lament is better than silence. That line, prayerful lament is better than silence. That one cuts me deep. It's almost like we sometimes um, turn away in our pain. Silence know, is easier. I know I've done that. I know yeah. there's been times where the pain's been high and I'm like, okay, God, I just, I just can't right now. Um, and it, this one, just, it just really cut through to me because he goes on and says, giving God the silent treatment is the ultimate manifestation of unbelief. Boom. <laughs> like, okay, I want to stop reading now. Um, yeah, it just... Giving God the silent treatment is the ultimate manifest manifestation of unbelief. Why? Because despair lives under the hopeless resignation that God doesn't care, he doesn't hear, and nothing is ever going to change. That one is really deep. So it's sometimes easy 
in the midst of excruciating pain to retreat into silence. Okay, God, you're not doing anything. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give up. I'm just not gonna pray right now. I just, I'm just gonna. But I think that starts with like we feel he is silent. Yeah. So we we feel he is silent. We feel this 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 sense of lostness, right? And it's very easy for us to just to almost shut down. To shut down, mm-hmm. right? Turn to the Great British Baking Show. And I think this is distraction, being, despair. Yeah. This yeah. is being very honest. Like it's not easy to sit and say this. It's not easy to say that. Yeah, we've been there and we've struggled with this. So this means we've struggled with. I've struggled with unbelief. Um, it's hard to say this publicly, but I think there's no one if, here though. <laughs> Just you, me, and the heater. <laughs> but I think if we don't live. In the truth in these things, if we keep like hiding them, there's no healing for things if we keep hiding them. Yeah. Um, and I think part of what the point of this podcast is, is to be real about these things, is to be honest about these things. And so hopefully that can encourage someone somewhere that if you are in the midst of giving God the silent treatment, there is hope. There is hope because God does care, God does hear, and God can change things, even things that just seem completely like there is no light at the end of this tunnel. Um, we don't know how, we don't have guarantees, but we have a God who is in control. And, and I think being honest about these doubts are a very good thing because what's the, what's the other option? To ignore the doubts or to not be honest with them? I mean, I would tell my students, I would prefer honest questions and doubt compared to a student who says, I have no doubt. I, I have zero questions, right? To me, that, that sounds like the faith has not been tested. But when a person addresses and brings up and deals and processes through the doubts and the questions, they're trying to grow and move forward from this. So lament is a step forward in a good direction, even though it's exhausting and it feels at times very confusing. And I mean, We've kind of skimmed through old journals of ours, and they're very ugly. They're very confusing, There's right? There's some that um, I'm just like, I never want to read this again. It's, like, it's, it's, you know, is the person even a Christian who wrote this? I mean, it's just very, very depressing. Um, but there's still something kind of comforting when you're reading Lament, right? You think about David. I mean, we think about David Brainerd, which is, we need a new another podcast yeah, for that. That's, that's another podcast. Um, but hearing someone processing their faith through lament builds our faith um, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's this um, an album, a music album that Aaron bought yesterday. And we've heard of this um, group before. They're called Porter's Gate. Sorry, I have an accent. So... <laughs> Do you want to say it the name? Because <laughs> I'm calling them Porter's the, Gate. But the, yeah, the Porter's Gate. Um, Porter's I just Gate. noticed yesterday on social media that they have an album out um, entitled Lament Songs. Mm-hmm. So I immediately bought it. Six, seven songs. Yeah, if they, you say anything with Lament Orange, like, I'm there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's true. Um, no, I think, like, it helps you. Like, it really does help you. But this song was beautiful. I think also because... Our son said something like this about lament to me yesterday. I think he was just hearing us talk so much about lament. Oh, what did he? And he said something about how like lament is like saying like, where are you, God? 
He said that? Yeah. It's huh. like saying like, where are you, God? But even when you're saying it, it's like knowing that he's still there. He said that? Yeah. And so I think like okay. this song. Maybe we should interview him. This song is called How Long? Um, just How Long? And this is how it goes. Do you want to read a bit? How long will you turn your face away? How long do you hear us when we pray? On and on. Still we walk this pilgrim way. How long? How long till your children find the rest? How long till you draw them to your breast? We go on holding to your promises. How long? The chorus says, Till you wipe away the tears from every eye. Till we see our home descending from the sky. Do we wait in vain? Jesus gives us hope again. Jesus, give us hope oh, again. Oh, give us hope again. How long till your word will still the storm? How long till you bear your mighty arm? How we grow till you snatch us from the thorns? How long? Till you wipe away the tears from every eye, till we see our home descending from the sky. Do we wait in vain? Jesus, give us hope again.